Hello, everyone, and welcome to DataFem, where we engage you with stories of how innovators across the globe are using data to achieve new heights in their respective industries. I'm Danielle, founder of Decayo Data, and I'm really excited for today's episode. I'm here with Catherine Simeon. She's a PhD student at Northwestern University. She is also a fellow Our Lady. She's one of the co-organizers of Our Lady Chicago. And she is the creator of the Twitter account, We Are Our Ladies. So you will be hearing a lot more about that in this episode. Great to have you here. So why don't you tell me a bit about your current studies and how R factors into them? So I'm a PhD candidate in communication sciences and disorders at Northwestern University. And so my research looks at language processing and how kids with and without hearing loss process language in real time and particularly spoken language. So as they're hearing someone talk, and as a sentence or a word is unfolding, how are they able to understand the individual phonemes, realize their words, put them together, understand it, and then respond almost instantaneously? Because conversations are fast-paced processes that, you know, we're moving back and forth between a conversation partner pretty quickly. So you have to kind of take in a lot of information and output a lot of information almost simultaneously. So how this relates to R, I guess, is that all of our data analyses are in R. So in particular, my research has um, an eye tracking component where I ask children to look at a screen while they're hearing different words and sentences and they see an array of pictures. And what I'm looking at is what pictures they're looking at while certain words or certain sentences are being said. And so this requires um, a lot of data processing um, and a lot of data cleaning, and then actually analyzing that data, and that's all in R. Um, and I'm right now trying to learn growth curve analyses um, in order to um, get this data analyzed and um, find a meaningful interpretation. So I've been learning that process in R. That's really cool. I love um, hearing from PhD students and researchers because across the board, you know, people are still using a lot of different technologies. Do you feel like R is the most commonly used or is this really like kind of the new wave that you're ringing in? I think R is getting trendy. I think it's even just within the time that I've been a PhD student at Northwestern, um, the R bandwagon has become easier to jump on and a little bit bigger, which I think is great. I think that generally I haven't seen it one specific way. Like I haven't seen like that our field is very SPSS focused versus R focused. Um, but I, I think everyone had been doing it a different way. Like when I walked into grad school, there were some people using SPSS, some people using jump, some people using R. Um, and I think that more and more, a lot of my fellow PhD students are um, using R and I think that's becoming more of the standard. 
Yeah, things move pretty fast. I was doing some research on just in terms of general data science, you know, what are the best technologies to know? And SQL, Python, and R were top three pretty much standard across the board. But after that, it really, there was a lot of variation based on what you're doing. I feel like R, it's like once you get past the learning curve, there's a lot that you understand, kind of almost a light switch going off, which is nice. I really agree with your sentiments about R in that, like, because it was created by statisticians, for statisticians, a lot of people say that it's one of those languages that are kind of, you know, you don't need to learn very traditionally to get a hang of it. And for it, like the barrier to entry is rather low. People say it's like a little bit different and a little bit easier to learn because of that. Are you using in your department, are you using any of the RStudio Connect or any of the collaborative tools? Yeah, I actually haven't used any of those um, features. I mean, I've learned bits and pieces at RStudioConf, but I haven't actually used any of it. If I'm if I'm collaborating with someone in R, I'm usually using a GitHub repo. Um, RStudioConf was probably my last conference um, that I went to in person, maybe for the foreseeable future. And for me, January was a little crazy um, because I was at multiple conferences. So um, one conference that is really common in my field is the Linguistic Society of America, which was actually um, in your neck of the woods. Um, it was in New Orleans. So that was really cool. Um, and that was the first time I had been there. Um, and it was funny because I think, you know, coronavirus was a thing and there were cases in the U.S., but it just wasn't the same panic state that we're in now. For me, I think our studio comp has been really, really great. And I think that, full disclosure, this is my second RStudio Comp. So last year I went to the RStudio Comp in Austin and I was there as a diversity scholar. So um, RStudio is really generous about um, trying to get as many our, um, diversity scholarships available, trying to send as many people um, as they can to their conference. Um, and I was lucky enough to get a um, conference scholarship, which I think was very much in part to my affiliation with Our Ladies in that I got a lot of feedback from a lot of my fellow um, Our Ladies Chicago's members, but then also Our Ladies has an abstract review program where they have um, volunteers from the Our Ladies community all over the world um, give feedback on abstracts and scholarship applications and whatnot. So I also put my application through the ringer when I was um, applying for that opportunity last year. So this was my second year doing it and I was a little bit more involved, like um, a little bit more involved than the first time I went in that I um, had an e-poster with some collaborators um, with Dia Das and um, Angela Lee who are both people I met through software carpentry. And then I also um, helped chair the Our Ladies um, Breakfast Lightning Talks, um, if you were there for those, where literally I did nothing but keep time and I just got to surround myself with some really amazing people who had so much to say and such um, brilliant thoughts. And then I also gave a lightning talk at the end of the conference for um, we are Our Ladies, which is the rotating curation count account for um, the Our Ladies global community. So it was kind of a busy conference in that regard. Um, it was kind of crazy, actually. Um, but I really enjoyed it, and I really 
as with last year's conference, it was just um, interacting with some really great people who had really brilliant ideas. One thing that I think is a really big takeaway from our studio conf that I hadn't really thought about before I went to any of these conferences is that a lot of the talks that I go to, um, a lot of them have really changed my view on what makes a good workflow, like how do you organize a directory and how do you make something on GitHub readable to others, like how do you frame your documentation, how do you organize a readme. Um, and these are things that I like never had thought about before going to the RStudio Conf in Austin. And every time I go to these conferences, I'm like learning a little bit more about that. So in addition to just like all the technical stuff that you learn, like, oh, there's a new package or, oh, there's something new in ggplot that I didn't realize you could do. I'm also just learning like things about how to be just more organized, <laughs> um, which I don't think I put enough attention into. Um, so it was, it's always been a good um, double check for me and also just a great way to learn about best practices, especially for collaboration and whatnot. Whether you're a personal brand, a nonprofit, or a full-fledged large company, customer relationships are the biggest key to your success. But how do you make sure you're doing it right? GreenRope has all the answers. What GreenRope offers is a full-featured, complete customer relationship marketing system that not only encompasses business integrated sales and operations, but also gives all your departments a full 360-degree view of your customers, giving you the data to create the optimal customer experience. Stay tuned for the launch of GiveBack CRM, an initiative that will give nonprofits free access to all of GreenRope's tools, allowing them to further help those in need during our current crisis without worrying about excessive business expenditures. If you're a nonprofit who could benefit from tools like marketing automation, fundraising tools, website building, and landing pages, go to greenrope.com to get in touch and check out a live demo. Now back to our show. So I'd love for you to tell my audience about how you got involved initially with OurLadies.org and also what you observe about the breakdown between people who are using R for academic purposes like yourself and people who are in the data science industry using it at their companies. Yeah, so I got into the Our Ladies Chicago community probably a little over two years ago. So I was like, I think my first meetup ever was like December 2017. And I had heard about it from a friend, so a postdoc at Northwestern who um, is a great friend of mine, Eleanor Chodroff. She was going to these events, and I was like, I'm going to come along one time. And I think that the first meetup for me was actually a tutorial on R Markdown, like basic R Markdown. And it was actually presented by a PhD student from Northwestern who I had never met before. She really presented it so well. She presented it like really, really clearly. And, you know, so I had tried my hand at R Markdown, but I had never really done too much more with it. Like I had only done so much of it. Um, and I, and nothing to the point where I was submitting anything, like any R Markdown product to like an advisor or something. And, her, the way she explained it, something just clicked where I was like, oh, that's what's going on where I'm getting an error when I tried to knit this file. And I literally opened it up right there and it started working. And so that was really great. And it, I was like, wow, this was like such a wonderful event and I'm going to come to every single one 
Now, from here on out, so that's kind of how I got um, involved in Our Lady Chicago. Um, a few months later, basically the organizer team, um, all of them were leaving. So um, Angela Lee, who is the founder of Our Lady Chicago, um, Amanda Dobin and Kaylin Medeiros, they were, um, and Kaylin also, she spoke at the Our Lady's um, breakfast lightning talks during our studio conf. Um, they were all basically leaving at the same time. Um, Angela was leaving for a summer internship and she was going to be back in the fall, but then the rest of them were moving to New York. So they were looking for more people to be involved in the team. And that's kind of how I got, um, more involved on an organizational level. So I've been an organizer since then, generally in terms of thinking about the mix between academics and data scientists and industry data scientists, at least in Chicago, I think we have a really great mix. I think we have, there's a lot of universities um, around in the Chicago area. I mean, not just Northwestern, but UChicago, um, UIC, so the University of Illinois, Chicago, Rush University. Um, there's so many different, um, Roosevelt University, there are so many different colleges um, or universities in the area. So we have a good mix of those people, but then we also have so many um, industry people. Um, and we've, and a lot of them have been so kind as to um, have us be in their space to host our meetups. So we have a lot of um, industry sponsors who have made it possible for us to even meet up in person in the first place. So we've had um, events hosted by Groupon, Uptake, um, William Blair, and a bunch of other places too. It's been a really good, I think it's been a really good collaboration generally, like where we have a lot of academics who really know how to do tutorials. Like I feel like our academics who come in to do our, our um, to be a guest speaker, like have their tutorial teaching, um, teaching techniques like down, or they've just had experience working with students or with people in a more student-like capacity. But then the industry people also have really great presentation skills and communication skills generally, like they're the ones who can give a TED talk and then um, they, and then everyone just has ideas coming from different use cases. And I think that we've really been able to showcase a variety of use cases in R as well. Well, I'm a new co-organizer myself, probably one of the newest co-organizers because New Orleans chapter didn't really exist before then. And so um, we actually hosted an inaugural party to welcome everybody in February and it went really well but then after that we couldn't host a March meeting because of the um, stay-at-home order so we're not really sure when we'll open again but I'd be curious to hear what are like what are some of the challenges that you have as a co-organizer like what does that process look like? I think that we also just have a larger organizing team. I think there's a lot of Our Ladies chapters where it just varies, right? There are places where there's only one person organizing everything, and then there are places where we might have an army. The Our Ladies Chicago chapter, we have like seven organizers, which is a really nice in-between. It's not an army, but there is there aren't too many cooks in the kitchen. It's a really great number so that if someone needed a break, they can take the month off and focus on what they need to do and come back. Um, and then basically switch off with someone else who might have a busy time. Um, I think the problem that we have is sometimes we just have so many ideas and it's hard to figure out a way to execute all of them in a sustainable way, um, both in our chapter as well as anywhere else. We work hard and just even 
you know, it's not just reserving a room and ordering pizza. There's a lot, there's a lot more to it, even if you're not the one who is speaking or giving the tutorial. Um, so trying to figure out the best way to get so many ideas um, off the ground in a timely manner and a sustainable manner is a hard one. I think that we're also transitioning into all online things. We had a board meeting actually last weekend and basically everything we planned, at least for the foreseeable future, is going to be remote, which I think is, uh, is new for us. It's very new for us, but it's something that we've wanted to do for a long time. Angela wanted to do it for such a long time, um, mainly for accessibility purposes. We have a lot of people who are coming from Evanston or even more north like me or from Hyde Park who would love to t attend events, but going all the way to downtown Chicago is a commitment or it's not really feasible given um, you know, family responsibilities or other responsibilities. So this is something that we do want to really think about for the long term, like how do we transition into online events and then when um, this pandemic passes, will we be able to do something where this is still accessible to anyone who wants to join? Generally, we've started small in terms of our online meetups. Um, like our first online meetup was last month, which we just quickly replaced. We were going to have an amazing panel on data science careers in March, um, which was is the brainchild of Scarlett Winters, one of our organizers, and she's amazing. Um, and basically because of our stay-at-home order, we couldn't do this as well. So we postponed this portion, or we're, we're trying to do this event later this summer, but we instead just made it an info session about how to get more involved in Our Ladies generally and how to get more involved in our chapter. And that really went well. There was about 12 people who were on the call. And I think that what we're doing is we're going to actually have a more normal, I don't know if this is the right word, but the more, a more typical meetup, I guess, in our, in, in terms of Our Ladies Chicago, where Angela Lee, who is um, um, our, our founder of the Our Ladies Chicago, as I said before, and myself, we're going to be giving um, talks um, about different aspects of data science. And technically, this is kind of us double dipping, like, um, so CSV Conf, which is an open source data conference that is going to be happening next month in May. It was going to happen in DC, but they also switched to remote given um, COVID-19. That process has been really good trying to figure out what is the best thing to do online. And we're starting small. We're starting with something that both me and Angela have to do anyway. And then we're going to try to build up to more interactive events and we're going to see what we can do throughout later throughout the summer. Yeah, I love hearing you say that you were already thinking about how to make a virtual presence more a part of your Chicago chapter. Last week, I think it was um, my good friend Layla in Miami. She was one of the speakers at a General Assembly webinar, and I just found out about it that day, and I popped in, and I heard what everyone had to say, and it was really cool, you know? Um, no preparation required. I just happened to hear about it, and I logged in. If everyone can get more comfortable with that, that's going to really push a lot of unity in the community forward, so I'm all about that. Why don't you tell me the story of We Are Our Ladies? Um, we Are Our Ladies is the rotating curation account for Our Ladies Global. And basically what this means is that we just have this Twitter account that every week a different person, a different Our Lady takes it over and gets to tweet about all things and everything are that they want to 
talk about. So anything really R related or even just generally data science related. Um, we've had some really great viewpoints on things like finding a job in the data science world, um, thinking about workflow like we were talking about earlier. So this has been going on for almost two years now. So I started this account in August 2018. And this kind of came from an idea um, that our Ladies Global was trying to think about, they were trying to think about how to engage Our Ladies more on Twitter and more on social media. So trying to figure out better ways to facilitate conversations, not only in person, but as well under other virtual platforms and social media. And I had brought this up mainly because this is just something I've seen on Twitter. Like this is not a novel idea. This is, um, I followed a couple other rotating curation accounts. Um, there's this amazing one called NeuroTweeps, which is different neuroscientists um, rotating a Twitter account and talking about their viewpoints. I've um, been following IMSciCom, which is a science communication rotating curation account, which is also really awesome. And I was like, oh, our ladies can do this because we have so many chapters all around the world and everyone's doing such amazing things. So this seems like the perfect platform to have a rotating curation account too. You had said that um, I choose such amazing people and I think that maybe that's inaccurate. I don't actually choose. People are very kindly volunteering their time. I mean, I've definitely met people and I'm just like, wow, you should curate. Like, you'll be amazing. Like, I'll just fangirl all over them and I'll be like, you need to curate for our account. Um, so I've definitely done that. But for the most part, people have just been so kind and generous with their time. And they've been like, yes, I want to do this for one week and um, I will um, and I will happily do it. And they take the initiative on their own. Um, so we've just had so many amazing people who've done that, both, you know, people who are kind of Twitter superstars in the R stats world and also people who, you know, aren't, but they just have such great things to share. Um, and then they become those Twitter superstars because then all of a sudden that audience that sees them rocking it on our account becomes their followers um, um, after they're done curating. So I think it's been um, a really great way to connect the R um, community and the Our Ladies community a little bit more globally. Um, and people have been pointing to it as a resource, which I think has been really great. Like I get a lot of notifications of um, people recommending accounts to follow um, in the R stats world. And I'm really honored um, and I'm really glad to hear that Our Ladies is one of those resources. The fact that our account is being tagged for that is really a testament to all of the amazing curators who come on this account every week and give such valuable insight and add such an important voice to the Twitter community. Yeah, I really love the weeks where somebody is posting regularly and it's not the biggest discovery ever, but it's just kind of like, oh, look at this cool blog this person made. And, you know, it's kind of a chance to just share snippets of cool news around the community. You know, we've tried to express that, you know, as long as you like R and you're really interested in learning about it, we're actually like more than happy to have you as a curator. It doesn't really matter your, you know, your perceived skill level, I guess. Um, and I've thought about this um, a little bit in that like, and you've seen it at this point, is that when the curator signs up to curate, there's like this Google form that I ask them to sign up. Um, full disclosure is I don't necessarily look at it, is that I ask them to rate their skill level in R on a scale of like one to six. And this is not something I actually use as like a filter or like a, um, a screener for anything. Um, it was on there and I think I was just modeling it off of um, other rotating curation accounts I had seen, but no one's actually said that they were an expert. You know, I think that's a lot of people underrating themselves, especially after you see their curation. 
I feel like no one thinks they're an expert. The more you know, the more you know what you don't know. No one's an expert, really. Also, you know, it's it's impossible to be an expert in R, really, because there are always new innovations happening, and we don't always hear about them right away. Twitter is a good way to keep up on which new packages are being floated around, and oftentimes Tidy Tuesday will pick up on you know, the newest package and use it for the exercise. I'm curious to know, like, where do you see, since you are graduating soon, where do you see your research continuing and where do you see R being a part of it still? Yeah, this is definitely a question that's on my mind a lot and also changing a lot. I think the the answers to that and the options for that are changing a lot. I am hoping to defend my dissertation um, sometime this summer. So I will be, you know, I am really um, on the tail end of my PhD program, and I'm currently really looking into um, university jobs that aren't necessarily professorships or traditional professor um, positions, tenure track positions, or postdocs, um, but more actually in places like academic support, places like teaching and learning centers, um, places like academic advising. Well, this is an ever-changing idea, but also given, you know, um, COVID-19, a lot of things are changing about the job market too, especially in the academic world. But my research and really my, um, the underlying mission of the things that I'm trying to do in the whole language processing um, area is thinking about what are the best ways to facilitate learning and what are the best ways to facilitate communication, right? And I'm trying to learn about these processes in children and how they develop it with age and how they're developing it if they have, um, if they're deaf or hard of hearing, um, and how those processes change with these different components and these different factors. Um, and then from that research, hopefully the next direction is thinking about what can we do to improve this and make it easier for kids who um, are hard of hearing or deaf to Um, listen in the classroom without getting super exhausted? Or how can we help kids um, learn things more efficiently and, you know, in a way that maybe is less frustrating or less difficult for them? So um, I really am looking forward to doing those, answering those type of questions and thinking about those type of questions, um, but also in a university setting. So in the college classroom, which is um, obviously a place that it's kind of dear to my heart, not, not only as, um, you know, someone who's been through college, but also just I've been working at a university for the past six years. I've, you know, taught um, college students. I've um, TA'd them. I've also advised them in the lab. So, you know, being able to work with those people who have been so valuable for me, I've learned so much from undergrads that I've worked with at Northwestern. Um, And being able to think about how to best support them through their college experience is really what I'm hoping to do. Um, And I think that how R might relate to that is I definitely still want to be doing research and working with data. Um, Whether that data is eye-tracking data, I think, is um, still a question to be decided. I'd be thrilled. Um, But also, um, there's always so much really cool data that people are working with, and I'd love to get my hands dirty in all of that as well. Um, But also, I think that computing education is a pretty um, big interest of mine in that um, I'm really interested in how people um, think about computing skills um, and how people pick up a programming language and what are the best ways to formally teach that. Because I think there's, you know, um, just how fast data science has grown and how fast, you know, different languages um, have kind of come and gone. 
um, you know, things are changing so rapidly. There are people that I talk to at our studio comp and other places who literally learned um, R just by playing around with it. And then there are other people who they learned it in college or high school. And for me, I would have, you know, that would have been crazy to have learned this in high school. So um, that's kind of where I want to go in terms of the future. Thank you so much, Catherine. I really enjoyed hearing about Our Ladies Chicago, your research, and especially about the creation of We Are Our Ladies. And I can't wait to be the curator for the week of April 25th. So everybody on Twitter, keep a lookout for that. It's at the Twitter handle at We Are Our Ladies. So that will be very fun. And if you like this content, please feel free to support on Patreon at patreon.com slash datafem. Other than that, please stay safe, and we will see you next week.